This is a Soulfire production. Welcome to my channel. I'm your host, Christina. I'm an intuitive channel, 7D healer, business mentor, and manifestation expert. On this podcast, we discuss how to tap into your intuitive gifts, manifest the life you want, create a kick-ass business in flow, and take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at ChristinaTheChannel and on my website, ChristinaTheChannel.com. So today we are going to do a little Q&A. I love Q&A episodes so much. Last episode, I was going to do an update and then a Q&A, but the update became longer than I anticipated. So we're going to do a separate Q&A episode and we're going to talk about all kinds of things. This will be a little more spiritually focused. We're going to talk about asking for signs, spirituality and money, manifestation, paradigm shifts, all kinds of fun stuff. And if you do enjoy this type of episode, let me know. I personally love doing Q&As. I love answering questions. So if you do like this, be sure to send in questions about, I mean, anything and everything that can be spirituality, business, personal, whatever you're interested in. And I will answer your question on a future podcast or YouTube video or Instagram. I'll I'll hit it somewhere. The best place to post questions would be in our private forum. It's a free private forum, not on social media, but just a great place to get in touch with our community and share experiences, ask questions, get to know like-minded souls. So if you're interested in that, we would love to have you. Just go to christinathechannel.com slash membership and scroll down and there will be a link to sign up for the free private forum. I also want to mention quickly two things before I jump in. One is if you don't already subscribe to my channel on YouTube, check it out. Just go to youtube.com slash christinathechannel. That is where I'm posting my most spiritual content, quote unquote. So if you like talking about all things multidimensionality and ETs and uh, you enjoy the channeled messages, head over to YouTube. I just got started a couple of months ago on there, but I have a lot of content. I've been posting there a lot because I, <laughs> I just love it so much. So check it out. A lot of a lot of fun, very interesting videos. The second thing is the group energy healing circles have been really booked out. And I just want to point that out because I know there are a number of you who want to sign up. And so I will say sign up ahead of time. I think right now we're booking spots for June. I'm going to see if I can add in a couple more circles. They're so much fun and so powerful. If you are interested in receiving a high 70 energy healing from me, and then I also share the intuitive information that comes through for you, then check those out. But they are booking up ahead of time. So I just wanted to let you know in case you do want to make sure you get a spot. Just go to christinathechannel.com slash services and you will find the information to book there. And I'm in a really cool place with my business where things are opening up a bit more. It's taken me like a year and a half almost to really shift my schedule. And part of why I wanted to open up more space was so that I can in the future offer some more one-off sessions for a high 70 energy healing, for Akashic Records readings, for intuitive readings. So that is on the horizon, but they will be very limited. And we will probably announce those 
through email. So if you're not already on my email list, if you go to my website, there are a million places to sign up for it. That is where we will announce those sessions in the in the future when they do pop up and then you'll probably want to get in on it as soon as you can if you're interested in that. When you're on the email list, that's also a really great place to stay up to date with everything that's happening and all of my content because I do post a lot of content. <laughs> uh, and so every week we just send out links to everything that's been posted on all of the different platforms so you can stay up to date. But if you're going to sign up for the email list or if you already are on it, if you haven't already checked out all of the free guides on my website, just go to the free guide section. There are so many there, totally free. My manifestation meditation, my daily manifestation meditation is on there. My manifestation guide, there are business resources. There's just so much. So that's all free. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Optimizing my sleep is absolutely crucial for being able to do everything that I do with enhancing my productivity, my energy, being able to be a clear channel, show up in a number of different ways, produce all the content I produce, my creativity, everything. That's also tied into my health and my hormone regulation. And one of the simplest tools I use for this is wearing my blue blocker glasses. And I have tried so many different brands. The best ones out there are blue blocks. They are the best. If you're using the orange glasses, they're not blocking the full range of blue and green light needed to really give you the full benefits, which is why I love Blue Blocks Sleep Plus Red Lens. I noticed a huge difference in my sleep. I've tracked this and I see a huge difference in REM sleep, deep sleep, my productivity and my energy in the morning. I don't wake up feeling jet lagged. It also helps to even out my hunger because when my sleep's off, then you have all of your hunger hormones out of whack during the day. It's a big cycle and something so simple you can do is wear a pair of blue blockers. And I am definitely on screens later than I should be. So I put these on when the sun goes down and it makes the world of a difference. If you are also on screens past when it gets dark, I would strongly recommend getting a pair. I'm also on screens pretty much all day. Well, depending on the day because I'm on my laptop so much. And that's where the blue light clear lenses come in. These are blue blocks, daytime lenses. These help to reduce any digital eye strain, headaches, migraines, macular degeneration. And I wear the blue light, which is best for people who work in more natural light. But if you struggle with any type of seasonal depression or you work under harsher artificial lighting, check out these summer glow yellow lenses. These will make a huge difference during the day. So I really think that every entrepreneur and or anyone who works on screens a lot should arm themselves with a pair of Sleep Plus red lenses and a pair of blue light or summer glow lenses for during the day. This investment will have huge return on your health, your productivity, your mood, your energy levels, your hormones, your adrenals will thank you. I wore different blue blockers before, but my life totally changed when I used blue blocks. These are 100% backed by the science. They have about 20 different frames to pick from, so you will definitely find some that you like. You can also send in your own frames if you want, and they offer a custom-made prescription service as well. Personally, I love the Parker frames. The Hudson frames are the blue ones. I really like those. And the crystal lenses, I get so many compliments on those. So if you want to try them out, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And you can use my code Christina for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com and my code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. will get you 15% off. When you get them in the mail, make sure you take a picture and tag me on Instagram so I can see you in your new glasses. 
So I suppose I'll just hop in to the questions. So let's see, where do I want to start? Okay, so first question, someone said, what's the best way to ask the universe for signs? What I'll say is clearly ask for a sign. (laughs) So there are a few different ways to ask for signs. You might already have signs from certain guides, whether that be a past loved one or certain spirit guides that you know. So for example, some of the signs I have with my guides are hummingbirds, butterflies, roses, butterscotch, anything butterscotch. Those are just a few examples. So you might already have signs that you're kind of expecting if that guide is going to say, hey, there we go. But you can also pick a sign. So you can pick something totally random. You want to pick something that you don't expect to see. So I know the, <laughs> I forget where, what I was talking about. I was talking about signs and I gave the example of cartoon cherries and then a bunch of people used that. And then they were all messaging me with all these cartoon cherries that were popping up. So funny, but you know, I've used like cartoon bear, cartoon cherries, an alligator. It could be literally anything. And I just let myself think of something random or I'm like, show me a sign. And the first thing that pops in my head, I'm like, okay, that's going to be my sign. So something I'm not expecting to see. And I'll say, show me a whatever it is. So show me a cartoon bear if this is for my highest and best, if I should X, Y, Z. I think it's easier to be specific with with what the sign is. But again, you don't want to pick something that you know you're going to see ahead of time. You can also just say, show me a sign. But I think that, and that's typically what I do now. But when I was first starting with asking for signs, I was a bit more specific just so I kind of knew what to look for. And it felt a bit more magical. Now that I, you know, just further along with my intuition, I will just say, show me a sign. And if something random pops up, I trust myself enough to know, like, it's very clear to me that it is a sign. But if you're first starting out asking for signs, sometimes that sign might pop up and you might second guess and might be like, wait, was that the sign? So I think when you're first starting out, it can be helpful to be really specific with the signs. So the other part of this is asking for a timeline. It's interesting because I know different people have different opinions on this. My perspective and from doing it both ways is I will ask for a timeline sometimes and sometimes I won't. And it kind of depends what I'm asking about, but I only ask for a timeline if it's coming from a place, if it's coming from the right place. So if it's coming from a place of like being needy or demanding or like desperation, I'm not going to ask for a timeline. But if it's coming from an energy of, surrender of like, look, I'm done dealing with this. Like, let me know in the next week. Then that's a timeline that I will, I will put on a sign. And I think personally that asking for a sign within a timeline is very different than trying to manifest within a certain timeline, but also within that conversation of, should I give a timeline? There's the element of trust. So if you need to know, if you need to be shown a sign that you should make a certain decision by a certain date, then that will be clear to you in the right time, right? <laughs> so if you're trying to decide if you should move to a different state and maybe there's kind of a timeline on on that decision in the sense of you have to decide if you're going to cancel your current lease or whatever else is involved with that, then you're going to be shown the sign by the time that you need to make the decision. If you do ask for a timeline then my recommendation is to make sure that it's coming from the right energy and not like desperation. But if the question is, 
should I break up with my partner? That's actually something that I wouldn't put a timeline on because you're going to be shown that sign of if you should or you shouldn't exactly whenever is the right time. And what if you're trying to say, give me a sign if I should. And everything says you should right now. But what if there were lessons you needed to work through? And then if you worked through that, then the answer would be different. And this has happened to me before with different relationships in my life, with different job opportunities, where I'll be like, look, show me. I need to know in the next day, what should I decide about this? And all of the signs tell me, no, leave, stop, right? <laughs> and and then there's something in my intuition that says, I want to listen to that. And then I allow myself to stay in it and I I learn and I grow. And then actually the answer is different in the end of like, yeah, that actually was a good opportunity, but at that current time it wasn't. But then also that sign was still helpful because getting that no allowed me to feel the non-resonance in my body with that no. And then even though I was getting all these signs that said no, my body was saying yes. So either way, it gave me confirmation of what I needed to know. You see how cool it is, how that works. But I'll give you a story about an effective timeline. And this stands out to me because it was just, <laughs> the synchronicities here were wild, but it was, oh man, a couple of years ago. And I was wondering if I should reconnect with somebody in my life. And it was somebody I hadn't talked to in a while and they just kept popping up in my head. And I was very like unattached to the whole situation. You know, I couldn't care either way, but this person just kept popping up in my head and it wasn't the type of person that I would want to randomly reach out to. Let's just put it that way. So I said to my guy, just very again, detached. I said, you know what? If I'm supposed to reconnect with this person, then have them contact me within the next three days. And that was it. And then a couple hours later, that person texted me and said, hey, when are you going to be in town? I would love to meet up. And I hadn't talked to this person in a long time. And the way we left it was kind of like we weren't going to talk again. And I was like, okay, got it, guys. Clear sign. But that was effective because I wasn't attached, you know? And so if we're like, oh, I'm going to look for the sign for the next two days or for the next 24 hours, well, that's not effective. So the key is ask clearly, right? And you can ask, show me uh, this, right? Or show me a clear sign or whatever it is. Have this person contact me um, if I should X, Y, Z. So it's very, very clear. But then the key is to let it go. So if you're asking for a sign and then everywhere you go, you're like looking for it, you're like trying to find it or trying to make things signs, that's not the sign. You got to let it go. Don't worry. It's going to it's gonna pop up in front of you. You're going to notice it if you're supposed to see it. And also when your guides are giving you signs, there's like some, there's some work that is involved of like orchestrating you seeing something in the physical. So keep that in mind. It can take a second. And sometimes you want a sign within the next two days but it doesn't come until later. And often I think that's because that's because people are attached. And I know that the more and more unattached you are to when you're going to receive it, it comes in more quickly. So when I first started asking for signs, it could take maybe a week or two or three or even some a couple months, depending on what the what the question was around. But now if I ask for a sign, I'm pretty confident I'll get it within the next day or so. I mean, honestly, it's typically within a few hours, which is pretty cool, but that's because I'm super unattached to when it's going to come in. I know it's going to come in whenever it's supposed to, whenever I need to see it. And it could come in in so many ways. Like it might not be how you expect. So maybe I ask to see 
Okay, an example one I used was a cartoon bear. Maybe you randomly see that on an ad on the internet, or you see it on packaging when you're at the grocery store, or on the back of a car, or maybe you see a kid with their teddy bear and it like hits you. You're like, whoa, that that was the sign. Or maybe you see the word bear written in kind of like cartoonish letters. I love when it comes in in ways that people don't expect. Like if it comes through as the word, like you'll just be reading a book. You're just reading the book that you're reading and suddenly that word pops out on the page and you're like, holy shit. (laughs) I thought I was going to see the object and I just saw the word. Or you meet up with somebody and they're carrying something and that's what it was. Or they say something to you and that's exactly the sign that you're asking about. The key is to just be really open to the many formats in which it could come in. Just let it go. And also know that when you don't see it, that's a sign as well. So if a long time passes and it's just not coming up, that's that's your sign, right? You didn't see it. But signs can pop up in the most random ways. I'm trying to think of, I mean, billboards, street signs, like the name of the street. There have been so many times when I get signs when I'm just walking in different areas on the street, like in town, and I look down and there's a sticker or there's a there's a piece of trash that literally says the word. So just be really open. It's a lot of fun, but know that if you get the sign, that's the sign. But if you don't get the sign, that's also a sign. Signs can come through objects, through people, through emails, through random book, through random books, through Instagram. I mean, I get so many signs through Instagram. Like I'll just open up my app and I'll see a quote reposted. And that was the sign for me. Like it just gives me my answer. But the key is trust and let it go. You don't need to be in active searching. It's going to be apparent for you if you're supposed to see the sign. And I would say just start practicing. So just start practicing. And the more you ask for signs, the clearer they will be and the faster they will come through. Don't get discouraged. Maybe you ask for a sign. You feel like, oh, nothing came. Just it's fine. Maybe you weren't supposed to see the sign, right? Just keep playing with it. And I think also when you are first starting with this, I recommend saying it out loud so your guides know you're very serious. It's not just a a fleeting thought. Maybe you write it down. Maybe write it down in your journal. Say it very clearly out loud. Be firm. They heard you and then let it go. And then you'll see. If you deal with water retention, I am going to give you a little hack. I have been geeking out over all things lymphatic drainage. I mean, in the last few years, but especially recently. And one of the things that can help so much with this is balancing your electrolytes. And Element is my go-to for electrolyte support. I feel so much more hydrated and balanced when I drink this regularly. There are so many reasons why I love drinking Element. When you eat a whole foods-based diet, it's really easy for your electrolytes to get out of balance, really because our soil isn't what it's used to be, so our food is a bit different now. So Element can really help balance things out. And also, if you are on a lower-carb diet, sometimes that can lead to symptoms like hunger, cramps, headaches, dizziness, and those can all be symptoms of electrolyte imbalance. I know I used to have those symptoms and then when I focused on balancing my electrolytes, that all went away. Also, as a light worker, I'm really focused on hydration and balancing my electrolytes. And I burn through a lot of water, not just through exercise, but through all of that light work and everything that I'm processing, all of the energy that I'm processing. So I drink a lot of liquid 
And I also mostly consume water-rich foods. So I take extra care to balance out my electrolytes. And I really think that electrolyte balance is something that any channel intuitive energy healer should really pay attention to. You'll probably notice a huge difference in how you feel. And like I mentioned before, if you're drinking so much water and not paying attention to this, you can get dizzy or maybe have extra headaches or retain a lot of fluid. This happens to me a lot. And then when I start focusing on balancing my electrolytes again, that all evens out. Most electrolyte supplements have a lot of sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring. So I've always been super skeptical of them. But this is why I love Element because the ingredients are so clean. If you know the co-founder, Rob Wolf, I'm sure you know how uh, picky he is about ingredients and I'm the same way. Element is sugar-free, gluten-free, all natural ingredients, paleo-friendly, keto-friendly, and they have so many delicious flavors. They just came out with their watermelon salt. So good. I also love the citrus salt, the orange, the raspberry. I kind of love them all. And actually right now I'm drinking my coffee and I put the chocolate sea salt in it. So good but I usually just put a packet in water and I'm good to go. Tastes delicious and I feel so much better after. So if you do want to try out Element, I have a code for you to be able to get a free sampler pack. All you have to do is pay shipping. So the pack itself is free, just pay shipping. So if you want to try it out, head to drinkelement.com slash CTC. So that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash CTC. Element is spelled L-M-N-T. And that code CTC or that link will get you that free sampler pack. Just pay shipping. And when you get it in the mail, make sure to tag me on social media. I cannot wait for you to try it out. All right. Next question. I like this. This is, this is a good one. What are you most proud of in this lifetime and what makes you happiest? That's kind of difficult, but it's a really good question. Those are two good questions. What makes me happiest in this world is honestly quality conversation, like deep, authentic, expansive conversations. Like that's what I live for, to be present with somebody and have a conversation where you feel expanded, where you just feel the the frequency of, of the conversation itself. Authentic, vulnerable, open, deep conversations. That is what I live for. Like when two high frequency or more when high frequency people come together and just have open space to share and discuss and expand each other. And it just feels so good. And I mean, even when I was young, I would just, my favorite thing in the world was sitting, laying on the floor and staring up at my ceiling with my best friend. And we would just talk about like the mysteries of the universe and, and philosophy that that is honestly what I live for, and that always makes me happy. It's tuning into that authenticity, that truth, that vulnerability, and just expansiveness of information. I love discovery. I love I love exploration, discovery. I think people are so interesting. I mean, I think the universe is so interesting and cool. There's just always more to explore and uncover. And that's the piece of me that loves to learn. But that's what I live for. Like, and it's funny because a lot of my friends will always say this. They're like, it's so funny with you. We can just like sit on the ground and talk for 12 hours. And I don't do that with anyone else, but that's literally what I love to do. Not that I don't like to do other things, but that is what makes me happiest in this world. It is connection, feeling fully seen and heard and fully seeing and hearing someone else. So that is definitely what makes me happiest. And what I'm most proud of in this lifetime, that's a hard, that's a hard question. I 
I'm actually very proud of myself, like for so many things. I am proud of myself for overcoming a chronic illness when I was told I was going to die. I am proud of myself for standing up for myself when everybody didn't believe me about certain things and I just stood firm in my truth. I'm proud of myself for not holding myself back to make other people comfortable, for not being afraid to let go of things that aren't serving me anymore. I'm proud of myself for building like this kick-ass business, for building a seven-figure business by age 25 when so many people told me I was throwing my life away, throwing my intelligence away by becoming an entrepreneur. But you know, I think this overlaps with I think this overlaps with something that came up when it was my birthday and I went out to dinner with some of my closest friends and they asked me what my favorite thing is about myself. And I think it's also what I'm most proud of myself for. It's not necessarily a single achievement, but it's more of a trait that I'm really proud of, which is they kind of all overlap, but it's belief in myself. It is being really growth oriented, not being afraid to change my mind, not being afraid to make huge pivots and changes, not holding myself back because of what other people say or think. I made a lot of really big like pivots in my life. And in those shifts, I've definitely lost a number of relationships. I have also made pivots when everybody told me not to, but I stay true to myself and I like I say, like if I'll bet on anyone, it's going to be myself. And so I think that trait, but also going back to what I said before about what makes me happiest, one of the things that I'm most proud of in this lifetime. And it's so funny because I feel like I'm like, yo, I'm just, I'm just getting started in this lifetime. But one of the things I'm most proud of is, is like the depth of impact. That's really important to me. And something I know that's a bit different about me than other people that my guides say a lot to me is, and this helps me be a really good manifester and uh, take leaps, I suppose, that I don't necessarily think of as leaps, but other people do, is I'm not afraid of death from a number of angles, but including the angle of, I didn't do enough in my lifetime. And I think a lot of people feel like that of like, oh my gosh, if something happened to me tomorrow, I haven't done enough. I hadn't I haven't followed my dreams. I haven't, you know, made this type of impact. And there's so much more that I want to do and that I'm excited to do. But at the same time, like I'm really proud of everything I have done and seeing, especially in in work with clients, like the transformation, the expansion. And I think really just giving people a space to feel safe, to to feel seen, to feel heard, to know that they are like unconditionally loved and to see how that allows people to step into their confidence and their power. Like that is what means everything to me. And I mean, overlapping with all of the, the healing, physical, emotional, spiritual, just to have been a part of a part of that journey for so many people, so many people's journeys and to have been a support, like that is what I'm most proud of making impact is really important to me. And that's not always in numbers, although I'm very proud of the numbers, to be honest. But even if it's one person and I can see how much their life has shifted, that is like everything to me. And I get to see that so directly from so many people. And I just feel really, really honored and grateful 
to get to see that. And I think that's the best part of my job. You know, I know a lot of people who get into similar industries because they want to help and they are helping so many people so much. But not everybody who gets into these industries for that reason also gets to see it, I think, as deeply and directly as I do. And so I just feel really grateful that I do get to see that so, so directly because it's so moving. It's so moving. And it, and it is another aspect of that connection that I get to build that is so important for me and it really, really fuels me. So that's what I'm most proud of. <laughs> Those are a few things, you know, and it's like that combined with the growth. And I know a lot of people identify as growth minded and I'm not saying they're not, but <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at many things, but if I am good at one thing, it's being very open being very open to changing, to changing my opinion, to new experiences, changing my whole life, my career. And like, that's part of my multidimensionality. And that is part of opening up so much intuitively, which is like one of my favorite things. So that, that in a nutshell is uh, what I'm most proud of. That's a good question. And I think if you're listening, you should think about what your answers to those questions would be. It's a really good question. All right, next up, someone asked, why does the spiritual community talk so much about money more than other communities? Is it because we realize that money is energy, reclaiming power back from the narrative? Okay, so I feel like, I mean, I don't know, does the spiritual community talk more about money than other communities? I think it would depend on what other communities you're comparing it to, right? Like if you're talking about business, Money's talked about a lot. I guess it would just depend what industry you're in. So, but I do think it's good that the spiritual community is talking more about money than it used to. And it's interesting how this is, has come up. And to be honest, I don't even like to give it that much energy because, you know, there are all of these thoughts by from quote unquote spiritual people that money is evil or money is bad or like you shouldn't do anything for money. Like you shouldn't charge. I don't even know. And I just don't even give it that much energy because to be honest, when people say certain things, like I'm just wondering <laughs> to me, it either feels like a control mechanism, a projection of insecurities, or I'm just like, who are you tuning into? Like, like, what is this about? <laughs> like, I don't understand where it's coming from. It doesn't even make sense to me because everything is energy. And then I've heard people say, also, money isn't energy. They're like, abundance is energy. Money isn't energy. And I see what they're getting at if they mean in the sense of like, I can encompass abundance. Abundance isn't, isn't necessarily money. Abundance comes in so many forms, but that's more of like an energy, like an emotion, I would, I would almost say that you can embody. But I mean, literally everything is energy. You know, like the cup on my table is is made of energy. So it's all energy. But when people say like money is bad or money is good, it's like now we've attached morality to money. And I've talked about this before, but, you know, when people like to do that, it's not what they're picking up on. Is it is it the money itself or is it what people do with money or the people that they associate with having more money? I see a lot of that conversation as very rooted in scarcity mindset and also very rooted in programs from different religions or things that they've heard from 
from other people. But the thing is that the universe wants us to be supported, right? Like the universe wants us to be supported. Being supported isn't a bad thing. We're meant to be supported. And money is a supportive energy. And so you can think of it as the more money I make, the more greedy I am. Well, you've just you've just made that judgment. That's a judgment somebody's making. And you know, if you want to make that judgment, that's totally okay. But I see it as the more money I make, the more I can help other people. The more I can employ other people and help them support themselves, the more I can give that money back to different people. So I know a lot of people like to make judgments about what it means to have money, to make money, but I I will not take that on as my own. I'm not going to take on somebody else's limiting mindset. And I think a big reason why a lot of people are talking about it more is because there have been so many people who have who are very spiritual and who have done such amazing work in helping people with healing and awakening who have also really struggled for money and maybe struggled for for living and it's it's almost like you know the stereotype of the struggling artist well if you identify with that stereotype you might be a struggling artist but just because you're an artist doesn't mean you have to struggle and so i think as more spiritual people have gone the opportunity to sort of offer a different perspective on money, they have taken that, which I think is great to offer a different perspective because I think a lot of people feel like I can't be spiritual and make money, which isn't true. I mean, if you want to make that decision for yourself, go ahead. But if that's if that's making you struggle and suffer through your life unnecessarily, I mean, here's the thing. Universe wants to support you. And I fully believe the more aligned I am and the more I am aligned in my mission, I will be supported. And money also allows me to reach more people and help more people. I also think that a lot of the people who who play into money is bad. I guess I just don't understand. Here's the thing. <laughs> Let me just go this way. My personal perspective is that if you understand energy exchange at all, I don't really see how you can say that that money is bad. And if you see money as a manifestation of abundance, which is how I see it, would that shift their perspective? Because it's like, okay, if you think that money is bad, then what are you what are you seeing it as representing? This goes into the whole conversation about how people have picked so many things and then labeled as this is bad or this is dark or this is good and this is light. And it's like, I mean, there are so many things you could see from both perspectives. But going back to the original question, I think so many more people have become aware of how many people are struggling and doing such amazing work in the world and could reach so many more people if they shifted their relationship with money a little bit. And so I think more people are trying to empower others in that way, which I think is really helpful. And what I can tell you, whether or not you see this for yourself, is that the majority of people do have a lot of limiting stories around money. And in doing so, they they can cap their expansiveness. They can they can cap how much they feel supported. And I don't know what the statistic is, but I know the majority of marriages end because of arguments about money. Like money ties into so many relationships and our relationship with ourself. And a lot of people spend their whole lives feeling like they're struggling with money. They're uncomfortable because they want to make more money. For a lot of people, the main thing they're struggling with is is career and making money. So I think it's an important thing to have a conversation about because we live in so much lack mindset like as a collective and so that's a conversation that can really start to 
allow people to step into abundance mindset, which I really think we need to, because <laughs> where where we're so rooted in scarcity is where we're also so rooted in the competition and fighting against each other rather than collaboration. There is more than enough for everyone. Here's the thing. If people are in their highest frequency state and they're making more money, they're also probably going to be in their most giving state. Like I said before, I always think of, you know, the more money I make, the more I can give back. And all of this ties into just understanding how energy circulates and a lot of beliefs we have like this is all connected to beliefs we have about what we are worthy of what we're deserving of because so many people are disconnected from themselves as inherently worthy and deserving you are love you are abundance you are happiness it's all about remembering that and allowing yourself to be that so yes i i do think that it is reclaiming power back from the narrative i think it's helping people get out of a lot of scarcity mindset and honestly a lot of fear because Again, money for people is for many people, money is connected with fear. And that can that can really be difficult for someone's life if they're always always in fear whether or not they register that, but always in fear and they're always worried about money. And there's so much that can be done to shift that and we've we've made certain things hard that perhaps could be made easier with some more education around how energy works. And along with this as I'm thinking about it, to be honest, I personally think that some of the best people who teach about money are in the spiritual space. So for example, with business coaching, this is just my opinion, but I I would never have a business coach that wasn't intuitive. That's just my personal <laughs> opinion, to be honest. Uh, I need somebody who is an intuitive because I think that the the energetics behind money and that exchange is just like, I mean, that frequency trumps all of the strategy. Not saying that strategy isn't helpful or important, but especially as we hit higher frequencies, it's just new rules of the game. Again, that's just my personal perspective and that might not be the right fit for everybody, but that's my opinion. Good question. When I first started opening up intuitively, I felt really overwhelmed and I wished there was one place that I could go where I could get all of my questions answered and learn really everything I needed. That is exactly why I created my psychic development course. Everyone is intuitive, and this is one of your biggest superpowers, and there's always more to unlock. So whether you're just starting out exploring your psychic abilities, or if you're already tapped in but looking to develop those gifts even further, this course is perfect for you. I've taken the most helpful things I've learned on my journey and put it into one jam-packed course that walks you through opening up your gifts and deepening them step-by-step. I teach you how to fully open your Claire's how to connect with spirit guides and ascended masters, how to master the art of psychic protection and boundaries, which is huge for tapping into high frequency information. We talk about using psychic tools, portals, vortexes, soul centers, and so much more. When you sign up, you get lifetime access to 40 pre-recorded video lessons, five meditation activations that I have infused with a high 70 energy, exclusive invocations and connection processes, downloadable PDFs, and so much more to help you on your journey. It's a self-paced course. You can take your time and it's jam-packed and you'll get access to the Channel Collective membership for three months. So you'll have access to all of that information as well and all of those Q&A calls for that touch point with me. So if you are ready to fully open up your intuitive gifts, make sure you check out my psychic development course. Just head to christinathechannel.com slash courses and you'll find it right there. Okay, next, do you protect your energetic field before and after channeling? 
Yes, I do. I do a ton around protection and boundaries. I'm really particular about this. I clear the space. I remove any energies that I don't want to be there, any old energies. I protect it from any unwanted energies from coming through. I'm very particular about any beings I'm communicating with. I always check, um, especially right now, recently, there are a lot of like imposter energies trying to come in. And this comes up with with clients I've had before. I'm like, you think you're talking to your guide, but this is actually someone who looks like your guide and you need to ask them specifically, are you of the highest light and love? And so that's something really simple. Ask them three times. They have to answer. They don't answer yes. Get them out of there. So yes, I do protect my energetic field before and after channeling. It's why it's kind of like a whole process. Like if I want to hop on and do channeling, I mean, I need to have time before and after to clear myself, clear the space. I set protection up also around my my technology as well, because that's a way that energies can infiltrate, so to speak. So I do do that. And I teach all about everything I do in depth in my psychic development course. So you can go to christinathechannel.com slash courses if you want to learn more about my process. And I literally outline in there the specific invocations I use, everything I do very specifically. Uh, and my my boundaries are real tight. Like I've had many other healers and intuitives actually even tell me like I can't even get in or sometimes they'll be like you have a whole security team. Like I was like checked 10 times to be able to get into and and give you a reading. So I'm I'm pretty particular about that. I know not everybody believes in that. I feel very strongly about it personally and if you've ever noticed that you get kind of a weird aftertaste with certain people's content that's sometimes I mean maybe they just don't resonate with you but sometimes it's because there hasn't been protection put up and especially when people are talking to large groups you know there's just so many energy energies flying in and out and I know a lot of people don't really protect themselves and I can I can actually like see that in in their content and stuff and also the kind of toll it takes on their bodies whether or not they realize it so I I do really strongly believe in that. And I think it's especially important nowadays with so many ways to connect. Okay. Next, I actually think I'm going to wrap up with this one. We'll do this one and then let me know if you want another one. I love these. You can gather some more questions. So we'll wrap up with this one. How did you cope when you felt like your entire worldview was falling apart? LOL. (laughs) I love that. I love that one. It's a good question. You know, I would refer back to my episode on ego deaths, but you know, these are, these are the times if your worldview isn't falling apart, you were either really fucking enlightened before or you're not seeing. (laughs) That's how I feel. I think that, you know, the more you do like deeper work, the more you just get comfortable with your worldview falling apart. Also, when you feel your worldview is falling apart, I guess if you actually feel like it's all falling apart, it's a level of attachment. Like if you don't get comfortable with that, like, oh, I got really attached to that being the way things are and I'm afraid of them changing. That being said, I totally feel you. And I think something that's really helpful is support and community. So, you know, I have resources. I have plenty of resources like the private forum I mentioned before, 
the Channel Collective is a great place. If you have not been on a Channel Collective Q&A call, they're so freaking fun. You need to you need to join. There's so much fun and just such a great community. It's such a safe space, such an open space. And I'm sure that anything you share in there, everybody else can relate to or support you with. So having support, I'm lucky to have a lot of incredible people in my life who are super supportive, who I can just, you know, share how I'm feeling with and different mentors who have gone through similar things. So it's always just helpful to know, like, no, you're not crazy. No, you're not crazy. I promise. (laughs) But honestly, like the biggest thing I did to cope, so to speak, was just allowed myself to fall apart, like allowed myself to question, to get curious. And I think that's the best advice I could give is support and also allowing yourself to get curious. And instead of being on the defense, just like, hmm, what else, what else could I look into now? Well, isn't this actually really beautiful because I could be like, all this is falling apart, but I'm glad this is falling apart now because if it's happening now, that means I can jump into learning about, you know, what actually aligns with me or what I feel is really my truth now versus later, which I think is always helpful. And it's a good sign, I think, because it means that you're expanding. It means that you're growing, that you really are growth-minded, that your consciousness is expanding, that you are really, really waking up because people are asleep. People are asleep. (laughs) Not you though, you're awake, but people are really asleep. And part of really waking up and expanding your consciousness and also activating more and more of your your gifts, it's going to be that parts of your worldview do fall apart. But this is also part of multidimensionality, in my opinion, and really expanding yourself is being able to see different worldviews, multiple, multiple perspectives, and perhaps even hold multiple all at once, even if they seem like they contradict or releasing the old ones and stepping into ones that actually are more in alignment with your soul's evolution. So I think it's really helpful to reframe it and see it as a perhaps painful step in your greater expansion, which is really for your highest and best. It's a good sign, even though I know it's painful. And I think part of that is just kind of surrendering to it and allowing yourself to feel confused and maybe really sad and just like giving yourself the time and space that you need. I think it's really helpful to have support and to have a safe space where you can be like, yo, this is what is coming up for me. Like, has anyone else felt like this? Which again, I think the Channel Collective is the best place for this. Obviously, I am biased. The private forum, I'm pretty sure there's nothing you could say to me or people in my community that would seem too wild. But just know that there are so many people who are having this experience now. And by now, I mean specifically in the last two years. And also who have had it. So you're not alone. And I always think of it as I'm like, I'm just shedding layers. I'm shedding layers. I'm stepping into a new level of maturity and awareness and knowledge. My frequency is raising. And so it only makes sense that with all of those shifts, my worldview would probably shift as well. So I think of it as a sign of expansion and growth. I know it's not always comfortable, but know that you are not alone. I mean, I know even for me in the last three years or so, my worldview has just shifted in so many wild ways again and again and again. I'm like, holy shit, is this going to keep going? So I've kind of just gotten used to it and I feel pretty good about it. I personally prefer to, how do I describe this? I feel like a lot of the worldviews I held before were really just what other people told me to believe. 
and I would maybe kind of look into it, but usually not. It was just like, oh, what I was told by my family and school, by people around me, just what was assumed. And did I actually ever do any real tuning into that for myself or did I just go along with it? So I feel much more informed from many different angles now. Obviously, I'm not 100% informed about everything, but my worldview shifting has made me realize like for so long how I just went along with things and I didn't question them. And so I think it's really empowering to see the different perspectives and to not do the bullshit thing where you just throw aside something. That's crazy. That's a conspiracy theory. Let me tell you, a lot of conspiracy theories are not conspiracies. That's why they label it a conspiracy theory to make you feel insecure if you believe in it. So I think of it, the worldview is shifting as a sign of intelligence. Just my my perspective. <laughs> but good question. Know that you're not alone. All right, I'm gonna wrap up here. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you did enjoy this, take a screenshot, share it on social media and tag me so I can repost it. Love when you do that. And don't forget to leave an iTunes rating and review if you haven't already. Really, 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 really helps to support the show and grow the show. And I know there are thousands of you who listen who haven't left a review. And if you do leave a review, you can be entered into a giveaway for a free card pull from me. So if you leave an iTunes rating and review, take a screenshot and just email it to podcast at christinathechannel.com and you'll be entered into the giveaway, which I announce every other week on the podcast. That's going to be it for today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your morning, day, night, whatever time it is, sending you lots of love and I will chat with you again next episode.